0: The Dead Pair Podcast is energized by KL Ammo, Game Boy U.S.
1: Oh! Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast. Coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you,
2: gentlemen?
0: Thanks for having me. Anthony Matteris Jr. How are you doing tonight? I'm um, doing pretty well.
1: Welcome back,
3: David Redulavich.
0: That's a net positive energy. <laughs> Brad
3: Kid, Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us now this
1: evening. Now I feel awkward.
3: With your host... Jason Rambo. Red Bull for you.
1: And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah. It's me Christmas. Let's do it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. And now, it's showtime. We're back.
0: We sure are. It's kind of seemed like it's been a long time since we've been in studio. It does.
3: I mean, my trip down to San Antonio and I come back and you've got no ice for my drink and I've got to retrain
0: you. i I failed once again, apparently. (sighs) Epic fail. You had one job, Sean Ellie. One job in addition to the (laughs) 78 others I have. Right. How you been? Uh, busy, busy, busy. Um, as you know, uh, I did not make it down to the nationals this year. Oh yes, uh, my wife has some health problems we're dealing with right now, and uh, and we had the uh, trying to wrap up our house, our kitchen remodel. Um, so uh, it was really nice of you, by the way, to take the time to uh, get that little video put together for us. Uh, all the thank yous and the you know, the miss you, Sean, wish you were here type of stuff. Uh, that was really cool and actually brought tears to my wife's eyes when we were watching it in our living room. So, uh, that Sunday morning. So that was really neat. Um, and, and again, I hated like hell not to be down there, but, uh, just too much well, going on. Too many moving parts would not have been. That's just
3: it. You know, I mean, I had, I had this conversation with a lot of those people that I, I ran into and, uh, well, first of all, somebody was sitting there telling me how bad, you know, sucks. You're not down there. And I'm like, well, here are telling, you know, and then, that was a reoccurring theme. I'm like, I might as well just put this together in a video. <laughs> so, um, but uh no, I was having a conversation with a few of those people and they're, you know, I told them how bad you want to be down there. And I'm like, I'm kind of glad he's not down there. Cause you wouldn't, you're, you would have been there physically, but your mind would been oh,
0: back here. It, ab- 110%. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was, it would have been a bad, bad, bad deal. Would it not have been a, enjoyable. I wouldn't have, have been able to shot uh, well, would have not enjoyed myself. Um, but you know, sometimes life throws you curveballs. you do what you can and right. you just uh, pick them up, put them back down and hope for next year we'll be all good and in the clear next year. But yeah. uh, it was just, it was just really nice of you guys to to throw that together. And it meant a lot to us, especially what well, we were going through. So. It
3: wasn't the same without my buddy down there shooting with me. I'll well, be
0: honest with you. I appreciate it. I, uh, I missed the heck out of it, dude. I wish I could have been there, but you know, the circumstances. Yes. Uh, so it was, it was a, a real thing. And you know, that's, that's the one thing I guess we got to remind ourselves we're out there breaking targets. Yeah. Life and family is definitely way more important than, than breaking targets for most of us. So, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Well, you know, we talk all the time
3: about it's okay to squad with new people and go shoot with new people. and. Because I had agreed to do the super squad coverage with Justin Barker, they basically took my schedule and wiped it clean. And it was like, this is what you're going to shoot because you have to be available at these times, right? Mm-hmm. So, I was squatted with a bunch of people I didn't know, and it was it actually was really cool. You know, met a lot of new people. Uh, I feel like I've made some new friends, and yep. they're great people to shoot with. Um, everybody. I mean, I shot the task, the the, um, the Beretta Challenge, the K Cup, and the Main, yep. and. All of those events I shot with new people. Yeah. Now the main, obviously you're going to shoot with that same squad for four days. Um, you know, great targets. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think I'll ever shoot competitively as long as I'm doing this podcast. Cause all the yeah, buzz you, going around, you, you had know. a
0: lot of stuff happening, man. I, I can't even imagine trying to keep it all together and shoot and focus on top of what they asked you to do this year. By the way, I mean, I know we're going to get into it and that's what this show's about, but give me some brief thoughts on the super squad and, and what you and Justin did. I mean, just, it is briefly break it down.
3: Uh, again, we'll probably get into this here in a little bit, especially when Justin and Mark and Chris come on. But uh I tell you right now, everybody's, you know, I was so nervous. I was, I mean, bad nervous. And <laughs> everybody's like, well, you do this all the time. It's like, no, I sit in a little room with my buddy and I get the control when the record buttons hit. Yeah. And there's no camera and there's no camera. And my wife gets to fix all of my mess ups. Mm-hmm. Right. This is live yeah. with cameras pointed in your face. And what was really difficult is I had my earpiece in the whole time. And that's how Mark Baltazar, who was directing everything, would talk to me. And you're trying to talk, and he's talking to you at the same time. And you're trying to listen and talk, and it's just... And I
0: can't even imagine trying to keep that all straight.
3: It's very difficult. And with it being live, there's no do-overs. No. You know, and you're so you're walking on eggshells the whole time. And it's, you know, finally on... I don't know, probably the third day I thought I had, you know what? I'm not going to say too much because there's something I want to say with everybody on the phone. (laughs) Um, Real quick, the RE Ranger giveaway is still going on. You need to like and follow us, the Dead Pair Podcast, on Facebook and or Instagram. Um, You also have to do the same with RE Ranger. Now, they are under Ranger Performance Eyewear on Facebook re underscore ranger on instagram have to be following both of us second thing send us an email let us know that, hey, I'm entering into this contest and I qualify, I meet everything. For example, you have to be a new NSCA registered shooter within the last 12 months.
0: Yeah, and we have gotten a few emails I wanted to mention. We, we did get some emails from people that were listening. They use their screen names on the reviews. Right. And obviously, we don't know who you are if right. you're using a screen name. So make sure if you've already left us a review or are going to leave us a review and you're using a screen name to do that, we have no idea who you are. So send us an email with all your pertinent information. We'll make sure you get into that drawing.
3: And um, lastly, speaking of the drawing, um, for a bonus entry, if you leave us a positive review on a podcast, you're going to get two entries. Heck Um, yeah, that's easy. I did open one of those boxes, and I had to take a little sneak peek of these new dusters. Of course you did. They are awesome. Really? Yeah, they are really cool. I mean, for entry— you know, quote unquote entry level shooting glasses, these things are nice. Yeah,
0: I haven't I haven't laid my hands on one yet to see it up close, but I'm sure they're nice if they're made by Ranger. So.
3: Yeah, they are. Um, also, we got tourney talk to get to. Let's do that real quick. Yep.
0: All right, this tourney talk segment brought to you by Score Chaser. Okay, South Carolina State shoot at Rocky Creek is now open. The South Central Regional at Covey Rise is now open, and last but not least, the North Central Regional at Northbrook all are now open. Get in there, get registered, and try to pick your best times before everything gets filled up.
3: Yep, absolutely. Um, I don't want to. I, I really want to dive into this.
0: Yeah, but, but you better wait for everybody else because that's why. Let's get them on the phone. All right, call them. All right, joining us on the phone right now, we've got a whole posse here: uh, Mark Baltazar. Chris Claxton, who was the the video guy that shot the Super Squad event, Justin Barker from Shotgun Sports USA, and, of course, me and Jason sitting here in studio. So, guys, welcome to the show, and I'm glad you guys had some time to meet with us. How's everybody doing this evening? Good. Doing
1: good. Good to hear from you guys.
0: Good deal. Well, I'm going to jump right in. Mark, I'm going to start with you. Um, So let's go back to how this Super Squad started. Uh, I know Anthony Matarese was a big proponent initially to try to get this whole project going. However, where when, how did the idea of actually doing a broadcast with video? how'd that come about? How did it come to fruition and and why we, why did you guys think it was important?
4: Well the uh, the super squads have always been a rumbling in, in the collection of folks that are in the running for it. Um, there's always conversation about being in a rotation that gets dumped on or the lighting's bad and then somebody else shot it at a different time. So they had a bit of an advantage and that's always been a conversation, but there's past history with the super squads that for some reason it was tried or something and it's, everybody's been a little tenuous. Well, last year there was some weather, there were some things, you know, that uh, everybody felt gave some rotations a, a different advantage than some and it really came to a head last year. And there was a lot of conversation. And prior to the um, to the national delegate meeting, which is on Wednesday during nationals, the, uh, the advisory group has a meeting, a pre-meeting before. And Anthony walked in and said, I think it's time. There have been some previous conversations and we talked to it as a group. Uh, and we said, okay, let's try it. And during that conversation, a couple of things happened. Uh, The idea of adding uh, uh, an option for uh, somebody who was not in the squads to bid on it and that money, all of that money, none of it going to the NSCA, all of it going back to the shooters in two forms. One, 50% of it going into the prize purse, which allowed the purse to rise and to go deeper within the winners. Uh, You know, I think we went down to fifth, sixth or seventh in that. And then uh, that was brought up, and then as well as like I said, you know, this is an opportunity for us to bring it to the masses. Uh, and what about broadcasting it? Everybody said, "Sure, sounds like a great idea." Uh, and, and we were on. That was in uh, that was in October of last year. And then we met again at the uh, at the uh, advisory council meeting that we do every year in uh, San Antonio. All of us come down. Last year it was virtual and we had a deeper discussion about it. And then we were on our way and put together a budget and, uh, put it before the, uh, before the advisory council, they approved it. And then, uh, we were on our way.
0: Okay, cool. Cool. Well, to follow up with that now, a lot of listeners, uh, may or may not have seen the video. Hopefully most of them did. Can you give us a little rundown? How did they uh, decide on the members of the super squad and what was the criteria to be able to be part of that?
4: Um, I wasn't uh, anthony and and Michael Hampton really were the key to that. I know it was a collection of of certain wins. Justin, Chris, do you guys know any detail? I know past nationals winners. I know regional winners, maybe even first, second and third u uh, s. open winners. And then whatever was left after that group, you went into the all Americans uh, rankings. I know everybody that was on the first team of the All Americans were in it. And there was a line that we drew and it went pretty deep. And that's one of the discussions we're going to have, uh, for the super squad next year.
0: Um, uh, where do we go? Where do we draw the line, uh, on that? Okay. And does anybody know, um, this is basically a question that came in from a listener. Um, we heard there were a few complaints for some people that were on the super squad that actually didn't want to be now. I don't know why that is, but maybe some people aren't used to the, the the added pressure or being on camera. Maybe that was a concern. Um is there an option for people not to be part of the super squad? Uh or basically if you're chosen you have to go through with
4: it. Yeah, if you don't the re- the reason that everybody got irritated about it was if you chose not to be on the super squad, you had to be on a
0: podcast. So that was the real. <laughs> well, that makes total sense <laughs> then. <laughs> Hey, all right. So I'm going to bounce a question over to Chris. Chris, uh, obviously you've got plenty of experience on the video side of things. Uh, This was something I I imagine something in your wheelhouse that you've maybe done before, but I can imagine that there was some struggles. There were some challenges that you got to overcome. Jason was telling me something crazy about you guys had to run like over four miles of cable up and down the shooting lanes just to get all the video feeds and stuff from station to station. Can you give us a little background on some of the stuff you had to do to actually make this happen?
1: Um, yeah, so I think Mark might be better to answer kind of the live stream aspect of it. Okay. Um, my job was mostly just kind of following the shooters, capturing the shots, um, directing the team to kind of get the emotion of the event. And for that, you know, we just kind of hooked our cameras up, had it all set up. Mark's team was the one that, you know, set all the, the cables, did all the internet access, all that kind of stuff for the actual, uh, live event
3: okay so i want to hold on a i got i got to jump in here i want to make this official right now on a podcast chris claxton is officially my hero uh i called batman earlier today and fired him um i was told literally like five minutes before we're going live on saturday justin's not going to make it on time you're gonna have to carry the show yourself and i must have had some look come over my face right and chris looks at me and he goes Are you okay? Is there anything I can do? And the only thing I could think, there was one of those Super Squad Yeti cups sitting on the table. I grabbed it, and I held it out, and the only words I can muster up were bourbon. He grabbed it, took off running across the street... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and made me a drink God, and brought it back. Yeah. <laughs> Crown Royal. Even I didn't even tell him what kind he just nice. took off. Nice. And he came uh-huh. back. I took a big drink and Mark goes 30 seconds to live. And I slammed it down. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> thank God for Chris Yeah, uh, Awesome.
1: You're you that's, did so good.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Mark, let me bounce it over to you. So uh, in addition to what Chris had to play in getting the video feed coverage, what were some of the challenges and, and struggles you guys had to overcome to make this happen?
4: Well, prior to even arriving on site, uh, I reached out to uh, folks that I've worked with on past productions who have had both pre-recorded and live experience and put a team together, uh, a technical team together. Um, and they had never been to a shooting competition before. So giving, you a, giving them a sense, I did a couple of site surveys with them on site. We, we looked at the space. Meaning, site surveys. Meaning, I was on my camera showing them the space, but it it wasn't. It didn't seem as long on camera as it did in reality when they arrived. So we put that team together, and then you know we needed host and we needed uh, a camera team. And I um, there was conversations amongst uh, Anthony and Brett Seibert, and myself, and Michael on who would host, and nobody really had a good answer. And I said to myself, like, let's put these two guys together who have Sort of dueling podcast, you know, but are, have a huge fan base, know how to talk off the cuff, uh, are well loved by this community and uh, know a lot of the shooters. So I reached out to both Justin and Jason and uh, they said, uh are you sure?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To clarify, he said, well, loved and yeah. w- really do a good job on the podcast. I'm sitting there thinking, who is he talking about?
0: Well, whenever you're trying to yeah. get somebody to do something, you got to, you know, praise them and make them feel good about everything. <laughs> well, so <laughs> well,
4: I, I didn't have to, because everything about that is true. I mean, you know, what We could have had a shooter? We could have had somebody that doesn't know the sport, but why not get somebody who has all those qualities? Somebody who Talks off the cuff, can actually carry conversation for, you know, quite a while, knows about shooting or shooters themselves. So to me, what's natural and I thought the unique thing was, is get get a couple of different podcast guys together and mash them together and bring them on on camera and see how they do. And, you know, it's like, as, as Jason said several times, like I have a face for podcasting. I don't have a face <laughs> for, for broadcasting. <laughs> And uh so you know, it was a new venue for these guys, you know. And uh I don't know, you 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 guys were there, you guys like uh what what was it like when I gave you a ring? What what were your first thoughts, Justin? What what were you thinking?
2: When you gave me what? When I gave you the phone call and said, Hey, what about uh, this? I mean, I wanted to say no. I said yeah just because you pressured me into it. <laughs> and uh Uh, But no, seriously, I mean, it's, it was fine with me, you know, being able to be a part of it. And the reason I wanted to be a part of it wasn't just because you asked, it was because I wanted to do something for the sport and something that needed to be done. And I think that it is something that needs to continue to be done. So whether or not I'm on it again or not, it doesn't matter to me as long as it keeps going and, uh, we keep, you know, showing everybody what it's like to be in the sport of sporting plays.
4: Well, I think you both set a very good precedent, and um, you know, I I know that I would love for both of you guys to become the the face of the broadcast. So, uh, and speaking of no, I you uh, your team at home kept getting sick as we got closer and closer. Just yeah, kept, no. he kept sending me texts going, "Here I am," and he sent me a picture, and he was in an emergency uh, an emergency room taking some of his staff and maybe even himself to the to get checked on, uh, on the flu or COVID or whatever it was. And man, I thought, I thought I was going to have to tell Jason, like, you're on <laughs> your own for
0: the whole thing.
3: He had me nervous for sure. Yeah, I, so, I think yeah. my thoughts are kind of mirrored what Justin's were, you know? I mean, the, my initial thought when Mark called me was, this is a step in the right direction. You know, whether it's a success or not, at least we're trying it. And it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And I was happy to to jump in and help out. And I think everybody needs to know that Justin and I did not get paid for this. This is something we did for free because we both believed in it, you know. And, Sean,
0: you and I had talked about it.
3: Yeah. You know, um, and you were totally. all supportive of it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's something that the sport has needed. And I think hopefully through this outlet we'll gain some more fans and maybe even shooters in the sport. Um you know, you don't really see too much ever since the PSCA shutdown. You, re- you really don't see a lot of video stuff for, for sporting clay. So I mean, as big as the sport is, as many people go to the nationals, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. yeah that's and my it's, question.
3: I mean, Mark, maybe you can clarify this on the, on the thought process coming from the NSCA, but I mean, this is a huge opportunity to gain sponsors, right? Because it's broadcasted. I mean, you can have, they can have their banners up and down the road. This is a huge opportunity for the shooters and their sponsorship. They're being on TV. I mean, this is this is growth all the way around. I mean, Mark, am I right here in, in the thinking of the NSEA on that?
4: Oh, sure, yeah, and and they know it. It's just like knowing, not knowing how to do it, you know. And somebody stepping up, it's like, I think they certainly know that it's that. You know, I I worked for ESPN for fifteen years, and they always said video online is the way to go, and uh, and they were one of the first, you know, knowing that that video was the platform, and so social media video moving image key key to the future everybody you know the game can be on people's phones now uh and what was interesting i thought one of the interesting dynamics was one of the challenges we had was a uh, mobile signal you know there was no mobile signal out in the middle of of the main and what we do is we have a piece of technology that bonds all three cell phone signals from Verizon ATT and T-Mobile and it bonds them all together so you never drop signal. And 15 minutes before we went on, we didn't have enough signal to get it to uh to YouTube. The signal was not strong enough. We didn't have enough bandwidth. And that has never happened to me in the 15 years of doing this. And that's because everybody uh who was out there was using the cell phone signal, plus they were streaming, which takes a lot of bandwidth. So you can. You can still do a phone with it, but you can't do a broadcast with it. I want to circle back around. We talked about you guys as hosts, but I do want to talk about, you know, Chris's participation and leadership uh, in this project. You know, um, you guys can talk, but, you know, you're basically in some ways, except for, you know, the highlight show, you guys were on camera a lot, but during the live show, you guys are basically narrating. Right. Like uh, An image, and uh, you know, to sort of show backstage a little bit, the way it worked was, we sent you guys an image at your desk that you were watching along with the audience. So you know, you had the benefit of me talking in your ear and telling you what was coming and all that, so you could sort of say, "Okay, here we go." But you're really just talking about what you're seeing, what everybody else is seeing, and some of that imagery and the and the camera placement and the way that that showed up on screen. That that was all Chris. And what's interesting is so we had three cameras that were handheld. We had another eight that were fixed, eight or ten. We had a lot of cameras out there to choose from and fixed, meaning they were either hooked to a station or they were in a stand pointing back at the shooter. You know, we I've never seen that before. I've never seen a camera pointing back at the shooter's reaction. How many shots, both photography and video, have you seen? Over some guy's back or some girl's back, it's just like, I'm tired of seeing that. I can't see the reaction. And TV is all about the human interaction. I want to see when somebody missed what happens on their face. And Chris was the person that painted the picture for us that we all got to see, looking at the angles, pushing in. And one of Chris's specialties, and he does this, Chris, you know, and Chris, I'll shut up in a second and you can take over and tell the story. But like one of Chris's amazing things is, and I always complain about it's like, how many videos have you seen with a gun up? And you could say it's broken, but you didn't see it. You can't see the clay, you know, and Chris has, Chris is able to manipulate the camera, get in a position where you're looking over somebody's shoulder and you can actually see the clays. Chris, why don't you talk about a little bit about your approach to that Chris is a shooter. Talk about your history of shooting and, and what your love is for this.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, part of this whole thing too is really special is, you know, it's almost like I'm shooting with the top shooters when I'm going around filming this, you know, I, I, I started shooting when I was 12 and I was uh, one of the top sub juniors and I traveled the country and did it. Um, I shot in college at the University of Arizona now as the president there for three years. Um, so coming back to the sport and kind of taking my expertise in film, um, you know, it's kind of it was super exciting to be able to go around and capture, you know, what these guys are doing, the emotion they're getting. And part of that, you know, you go, you want to get right behind them. You want to show, you know, what they're doing, their plans, their, their pre-shot routine, Um, and I think a lot of the sport has kind of missed that. And especially with this thing too, is, you know, it's the first time ever that we're really kind of following a squad from A to Z on a course, you know, the PSCA, um, you know, I don't know if you guys remember ATSN there's, you know, that was like when I was a kid, there was a TV show that was trying to capture sporting clays, but no one really ever captured the emotion of the sport, you know, and I think part of that is because they weren't really going around on the course live when they're competing. And I think the super squad two kind of ups the pressure on them because they're competing right with guys that one bird away, two birds away, they just drop two. It's like they, you can feel that stress. Um, and part of what was so exciting about this too, is doing it live. You know, I didn't, you guys didn't hear what was going on when we're, we're hooked in with the other guys, you know, there's problems that were going on the whole time. You know, batteries are dying. Signal was losing. We're switching from DSLR to iPhone halfway through and directing everyone to make sure that we can kind of still get the shots that we need was, um, it's actually pretty fun. It's, you know, some people might like freak out and get nervous, but I think Mark and I, it's one of those things, the live stream adds an extra element of challenge to it, which, uh, we really enjoy yeah gotcha. i want to
4: add a, i want to add a couple of things about chris that he may not talk about himself chris was the executive producer and director of anthony's training video that has sold hundreds and hundreds and looks beautiful and tells a really good story and he's working on a video now for zach though the winner he's working on his training piece so and uh, you know his film career. He's an award-winning film producer. I was an executive producer on on one of his award-winning films. So he and I have a long history, and I've always appreciated like his eye and the, and and the beauty of his storytelling, not just in the shooting clay world, which he's immersed in, but he can tell good stories. Uh, ask him to see his western once. And one last brag on on Chris: he has one of the highest viewed videos on youtube in the sporting clay world has been around forever and it was what was it at the shoot off where was that chris
1: it was uh caney
4: creek texas right us open right Yeah. yeah yeah so it's a really good video and it's like pushed in and you can see the clays it was a night shoot and it's really really beautiful and he did a great job so we were lucky to uh to have him join the team and then he was in charge of two guys who walked up that day and said Hey, I, I'm one of the video guys, video guys. They, One guy used to be the lead designer at the NSCA, and I guess he brought his friend. And uh, I have to tell you, Chris got a couple hours with him. And, uh, you know, and then we we just said, here you go. And I have to tell you, they took direction well. They most people would be a little intimidated to get in close with the shooters and if you don't get in close, you don't feel on TV, you don't feel like you're part of the action. And that is key. That's critical for the viewer, that they feel like they're standing in the squad with them. And those guys, those guys pushed in, they pushed in too much sometimes that we had to ask them to back off a bit, you know, because like I could see where they were. And I go, look, there's a squad behind you. That's about to shoot. Can you just give them some room? So, yep. So yeah, yeah, anyway, part of,
1: the, part of the direction on that too is, that, you know, as a shooter, I kind of know what you can and can't do and you know directing those guys who have never been you know filming shooting or you know even probably shot sporting place you know to just kind of let them know to give space and to move in at the proper times when you want to get a close shot you know when people are viewing targets you don't just want to budge in there and get in their face you know you can't get too much in the peripherals and if, if you do you really can't be moving around too much so just you know I think as a shooter, for me, it was kind of natural to, you know, kind of get in there and get the shots I need. But for those guys, it was definitely had to coach some, and it took a little bit of time. But they did really good, and they took direction well.
0: Good deal. Well, Chris, to follow up with that, and I got one, and I'm going to switch over to Justin and Jason after that. Um, one of the uh, one of the questions that we've been asked by our listeners uh, next year, or is there any plans for adding? reporters or interviewers uh, field reporters so to speak to walk between the squads and maybe even video or talk to any of the shooters during the super squad event or do you think that would be too distracting to the shooters
1: so i could this is probably a better question for mark but i do think it would be really cool to have one extra person kind of going around and, and talking you know i think you have to be careful with the timing on it you know you don't want to get shooters like when they're in the, the heat of the emotion right before they go to the next stand or something, you know, get too involved with it. But I do think there's some elements, you know, you guys had Kevin DeMichael on for like 10 seconds. And I was like, that was pretty cool, you know, to have other shooters that are competing that are on the course, kind of getting their live feedback, because there is times where we're moving station to station, following the guys where we'd need to cut to other stuff because they're not we're not really highlighting the top people right then. Um and I think having that kind of element and that dynamic is really it's really key. I mean all the top golf, football, you know, they they interview the players and they talk to them. Um, and it, when you're doing a live stream, you got that one chance to kind of get all that content. Yeah.
0: All right, so I want to switch over to Justin and Jason because Mark and Chris have had plenty of background in this whole field, and uh, they're pretty well-seasoned, as you can hear. Uh, But you guys, uh, your podcast guys, Justin, Jason, you guys are used to sitting behind a microphone. You don't have a camera on you for the most part. Uh, And now all of a sudden, you're basically live. You've got an earpiece in with Mark breathing down your neck on what's going on. You got Chris filming you or his film crew filming you. I mean, it had to be a bit overwhelming if I had to guess, because if I was in your shoes, I'm sure that's how I would have felt. Uh, Justin, I mean, how did you cope with it? How did you deal with it? And would you make any changes if you had to do it next year?
2: No, no, I think everything went well. The the hardest thing to me was the, the interviews at night. And the interviews at night, just simply because uh, you really didn't know. How, I didn't, because I wasn't looking at it. Didn't know how the people shot until they got there for the, you know, the, the day the the live actually didn't bother me at all and i don't think it bothered jason either i'm just speaking for him but it was it was actually fun to do the live the the uh, interviews in the afternoon you know with all the cameras pointing right at you and not just roaming around the course uh it was a little more uh i guess you would say a little more difficult i didn't know which camera to look at i didn't know who to look at mark was talking to me jason was talking to to the people and It was – it's a learning experience, and I think by day three we had it down, but that was the last day. So, um, you know, I think if we had to do it all over again, we would – we could jump right in and, 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 you know, start where we left off. I'll say one thing about the whole thing is, you know, I think everybody was a little worried and nervous about the way it was going to turn out, but I will have to say, I I haven't really met – I know Mark, but I haven't really met him and hung out with him you know, for more than just a few minutes. I had a great time with everybody. I thought it was really fun. Uh The people watching didn't get to see all the fun we were having behind the scenes, but it was really, really fun, and I enjoyed myself. And, and I hope we do it for regionals and the U.S. Open and all kind of different things. So I had a good time with it. It didn't bother me like I thought it would, but uh I was worried before I went, I'll tell you that.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was in my, my thoughts mirror his again, but you know, I had faith in Mark and I, and I've seen Chris's work. I had faith in that. Um, I didn't have faith in myself, you know, I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, you know, I've said it before, you know, everybody kept telling me, what are you worried about? You do this all the time. I was like, no, I sit in a podcast room with my buddy and I get to push the start and stop button. You know, my wife gets to edit these things. And now not only do you have these cameras pointing at your face, you're live. There's no do-overs, you know. You've got <laughs> right, one chance right. to do this right, you know. And I was worried I was going to slip up and, you know, say a foul word or something. And, and you know, <laughs> Mark's – nobody can see him right now. Mark's over here laughing at me because he, he'll tell you I was a wreck. I was a nervous wreck the first night. And then – I was okay on the second night. The third night when I heard Justin was delayed on his squad and he wasn't going to be there, oh, man, I must have been three shades of white because I was just (laughs) (laughs) – I was beside myself. But I think the hardest part for me, and we learned that on the first night, was Mark talking on the earpiece. Yeah, that and telling us very strange. You know, what's coming up next and, what? hey, guys, we're going to roll to this. You know, and Justin was trying to talk and Mark's talking and you could see Justin stop a couple times because it was like – you're trying to talk and somebody's talking to you at the same time. It's difficult, you know. But yeah, we learned, we we turned the volume down our earpieces and Mark kind of he learned that if one of us was talking, talk to the other guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you hear Mark, don't worry about it if you're talking because you know, so we learned those kind of things going in and that helped. And the second night was better. The third night when I was by myself for a while there, it was probably a disaster. But Justin got there at the end and I think it wrapped up pretty good. And and the live, that was the easiest one. I mean, on on Sunday when it was, you know.
0: Well, out of all the five of us here, I was the one that was not there. You guys were all down there. And I was watching this stuff from my living room on my TV. um, And I thought you guys did a great job, especially for the first go-round. Justin, Jason, I wanted to ask you guys. Do you, uh, from what, what I witnessed, you know, you guys were pretty much in that centralized location from your booth when you were reporting on most of this stuff. Do you regret not being able to be down there on the field in the middle of the action? Um, Do you think that would have changed anything or do you think where you were at was a better way to manage the shoot?
2: I'll tell you this. This is funny. I told somebody this today. Mark told us right when they started, he said, guys, get up and walk down to station one. I said, okay. I got excited about that. So I got to walking down to station one and Mark's telling me in my ear, he says, You can't even walk to station one without being winded. Where do you, I mean, where do you think we're going to go? I said, well, I'm going to stay right here for just a minute. So we talked there for just a minute. I think it'd be really cool to be able to, to walk as the, you know, as the groups and as the crowd moves, but you also got to keep in mind that the wireless stuff that we use, it can only go so far. Uh So once you get to that certain point, you have to, you have to come back up. But I thought it was funny when he told me that, but. You know, being there at the table uh, didn't bother me. I mean, I, we had a TV screen. We could see what was going on, and uh, I couldn't see the targets, but I could see what was going on in the progression of the of the people. So,
0: Okay. All right, I want to change gears here. I got a couple questions. Again, these have been written in by our listeners, and uh, hopefully people are wanting to answer this. Uh, there was a question. Why did we not see the ladies or the women shooters uh, on the event, on the Super Squad? Anybody?
2: I'll yeah, I'll tell it. you why. I, Go ahead. I, I, the reason you didn't see them is because we wanted to make their, their their video perfect. And what we did was we videoed it, not live, because we wanted to have one that was perfect, and then we wanted to have a live one. It, it, do y'all agree with that? Gotcha. I understand. I don't know what Mark's answer to that is, but that's what I figured it would be.
4: Mark. Well, my answer would be is the same crew that ran the highlight show was the same crew that um, did the live show. And that is just because of the budget that we had. And the budget was near, nowhere near what it was supposed to be. So we were running down and dirty. So at 8 o'clock when the highlight show ended on Saturday, the same crew that had been working all day on that highlight show packed that show up and took the entire show out into the middle of the green course at eight o'clock in the dark and worked until four in the morning just to get the, the show operational. I was there till one, I came back at six, shooting starts at eight and we're having to work. As you heard, we ran four miles of fiber. We had full blown audio. We had a lot of cameras to put up and we had shooters that we were working around. So we didn't even get, we didn't even see cameras until one o'clock when the lady started. First time we saw cameras on the screen in the control room, right? And we have two and a half hours, we have an app, two hours and 15 minutes before we go live. So we couldn't get a cell phone signal at one o'clock to broadcast uh, onto YouTube. And we didn't get that signal until three Oh seven. And we're supposed to go live at three 15. You guys knew none of this. That's everything uh, that was happening <laughs> Yeah, right behind the yeah, scenes. And, and that's what I don't need is there were no more shades of white. Justin can go. I didn't need to tell, I mean, Jason to go. So I didn't need to tell him that, but we didn't know we were even going to get on for the live airing. But in the meantime, We're recording. We just can't broadcast. We're recording the show, but there's no way that we can get it out. And we're having problems like just stuff like signal. So we put it, we built it at night. Hundreds of carts show up and signal because it's sitting on a table in the middle of a field. Signal is hard and we're losing signal. The cameras We're scrambling just to get the three cameras that we have working. And when one goes off a signal, somebody has to run out get it back onto signal and put it into the system. It's about an eight minute process, right? Thank God we had 10 cameras because there were some times when it only had four cameras to go to, right? Wow. Cause all the other ones were down and we're figuring that out and trying to get a show together that we've never rehearsed you guys. I said, you're on. And you started talking to the ladies doing exactly what we were doing. There was zero rehearsal. Anything like golf like that gets a week of rehearsal. They load in two weeks before the show, one week of technical and one week of rehearsal. We had zero. We were doing it in real time. And we recorded the ladies, but we couldn't broadcast it. And in the meantime, we have all those recordings. Chris is working. We've seen previews of it. It is a beautiful cut. It looks like a movie. Uh, It has running scores and all that. Uh, So all I can say is, We're lucky lucky we went live. You know, like I said, the bonded signal was terrible. What we didn't see is our crew was running out to change not only batteries and cameras, they were overheating, they were failing. Uh, And then some, we switched from a regular, like high-end professional $10,000 video camera to an iPhone in real time during the show. And you don't see any of that. You don't see any of that. That's part of what scares the hell out of people live. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm happy we got there, but we got there because Jason and Justin didn't stop talking. Our crew didn't stop moving. Chris would grab any camera he could to get a good shot. And the audience didn't know the difference. But that's what's happening in the background. It's part of what's fun about it. It's part of what's cool. It's part of what like gives me an ulcer at times because okay, here we go nothing we can do. And that's what's scary about live. And that's why people avoid it. PSCA. What did they do? They recorded and the show was a month and a half later and you already knew the scores. There is nothing better than live. And the only thing that should be live is sports because why do you want to go watch the game after you know who won? Right. True. Right.
0: True. And,
4: and unfortunately, like that's what happened with the ladies, but we got a good chunk of the ladies before we had to stop and go OK, team, we need to look at each other in the eye and make sure we get this right, because we were struggling with that. Right. And just to regroup. But we have an interview with Helen Hanks. We had the final station. We have a lot of women and it's going to come out very, very soon. And next year we have a plan and we can talk about the plan of what next year looks like that uh, that that will solve all this.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's that's nice to know, Mark, and I'm glad you explained it that way, because as a viewer, I'm sure most of us have no idea of what you guys are doing or how many balls are in the air and that you're juggling at all times. I mean, we take it for granted when we watch a live football game or, or whatever is on the TV. You have no idea of really what's going on or what it took to get it there. So kudos to all you guys. I watched the stuff from my living room, as I said, and I thought it worked fantastic, especially for the first time out. I think you guys did a great job. Pat yourselves on the back. I'm sure there's going to be some critics out there. There always are. But like I said, from what I saw, I thought you guys did a great job. I thought everything went well, and I was very entertained by what I saw. Um, What I I always say
4: is I don't need everybody to like it. I just need enough people to like
0: it. Um, Chris, back to you real quick. Um, A a question here. Any thoughts on getting different video coverage like using drones or something like they do at the PGA so where you could actually get like some in-air type shots or something of Clay's breaking or maybe – back at the shooter and watching them shoot towards the clay area is there any way we could possibly do that or is that going to just add too much grief to the mix
1: yeah we did do some drone footage on this one you know it wasn't connected to the live system mm-hmm. but that's definitely something we can look at to kind of just get you know a live overview as we're as we're doing the event um really the most the most impactful stuff I've seen is the behind the shoulder seeing what the shooter's doing, their moves, you know, where they miss the target. And that's really one of the hardest things to capture. You know, we, we film shooting back at shooters. You know, you can set stationary cameras up and film people, but that really loses the excitement and the energy of what the shooter's trying to accomplish. Um, when you're behind their shoulder and you're really following what they're doing, you get them coming out of the station... That's where you get the emotion. That's where you get the energy. Um, so for us, it's one of the big things is trying to figure out how to train more people to film it like I do. You know, I think as a shooter, I'm, I'm able to zoom in and shift focus to kind of see what the shooter's actually doing. And people kind of experience that as it's almost like I'm shooting, but with my camera where if you just grab a you know a regular video guy and try to have them do that they wouldn't really know how to really capture that that feeling um so that's that's one of the areas that we can improve on and finding the perfect camera and lenses for that as well would be great
4: gotcha you know the the thing the thing with the drones is i mean the whole thing with television is television is putting you in that position like Chris standing behind you were like a shooter in that squad. Television is intimate. A drone has to be far away. So everything looks small, right? So a drone is not intimate. It's good for an opening shot, but after that you want to get out of there. As far as television goes, then you have to think about the shooter. You know, I've done some video shoots with American field sporting. We put the drone out in the odd out, out in the field and it irritated the hell. A lot of people and they shot the drone down, you know, it's fun <laughs> for them but you know, it's, it's a moving object out in the field. And so, you know, it's like, and these were sweeping shots, they weren't up close. So it's good sort of introduction shot, but after that it's a, it's a nuisance for the shooter. And it just doesn't accomplish what we want to do to, to get the right image for the audience. Gotcha.
0: Um, going to a couple more questions here, guys. Uh, Any chance that the NSCA might be persuaded to use flash targets for the super squad only to maybe make their breaks more visible?
4: Good. I'm, I'm, that's a great question. So, you know, I worked closely with Neil Chadwick uh, about the targets uh, on the entire green course. You know, we we all knew it was going to be the last last field, the last course. So we all agreed that the course would be dialed up one because it can it, it could and did make a difference in the scores. So what you want to see on that last day on live, and we weren't able to do it because we didn't have live uh, running scores, which we will next year. We want to see that shift. You know, there's nothing great about a football game that somebody's behind, and somebody's ahead, then somebody's behind. That is great drama. And so they built the course that way, you know, in six through 10, because we knew we were going to put the top two uh, squads at the beginning. So as you come down, think about golf, as you come down, you know, last rows, and then you're on the 18th hole on 10, you want to have seen all that shift, right? So so basically, um, we built the course that way. I asked about flash targets on 10. Flash targets are expensive. And to have fairness across all shooters, there would have had to have been flash targets all week. So they didn't want to do the expense of putting flash targets starting on the Saturday the week before, And constantly load very expensive flash targets because somebody would have said, wait, I didn't have flash targets when I shot that they didn't shoot the same thing I did. So the answer is probably not. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Unless we get a sponsor, a flash target sponsor.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's a good plug for somebody. Um, All right, another question. I'm going to try to field this one. Why was Sean not part of the live coverage? Well, I can answer that myself. I'm sure they didn't have enough insurance for all the cameras I would have broke if they would have put my (laughs) mug on the screen. Um, No, Chris was running shy on
3: panoramic lenses.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I was not able to make it to the Nationals this year due to some personal issues. Um, I wish I would have been there, but it was a last-minute thing. I could not go. So, unfortunately, uh, I was not able to go. But I would not have been on the the televised viewing even if I had gone. It was basically decided to bring Jason and uh, Justin on there, which I thought was a good choice because both of them are the face of – Of our podcast and that's the guys that uh, you want to see out in front of everybody so just want to get that answered so we can get it off our list um you hear that can can i jump in on that though oh absolutely the the whole
4: conversation about the field reporter it's already on the list and there's already discussion about it i'm i'm delighted you guys asked that so we are going to consider putting a field reporter in that's just finding opportunity and we'll have camera people out there That if that field reporter has a good, you know, moment that they can do a 30 second thing like we did with Kevin and that we did with uh, that we did with Zach, uh, you know, that that's great. It does two things. It, it goes to somebody else and it gives our two hosts a moment to catch their breath. And that would be a great opportunity to bring you in for that. If you, if you're up for it next year, you could be our field guy. Oh boy.
3: Maybe I'll let you and Justin sit at the table and look up
1: a few. I was going to say,
0: maybe you're, yeah, me and Justin aren't really uh, the yeah. walking types, but we'll, you know, long distance anyways, but we'll, we'll figure That's something out.
2: He better get a negative angle camera with That's me and exactly. you exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> The extra wide angle. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to get a 14 foot table set of eight foot tables. There goes the food
0: budget. Right. <laughs>
4: exactly.
0: Exactly.
3: Hey, I, I, I don't want to hear. I guarantee I'll eat both of them under the table. So
0: yeah. Okay. Well, Justin already uh, threatened me. He said, "Look, we you missed out on the hamburger eating contest. I think we would have done well." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Damn it, there I go. Did I miss my opportunity again?" So yeah. yeah. Um, Mark, I want to circle back real quick. You mentioned that next year you will have live score. Are you gonna like tie that into score chaser or how are you guys going to make that happen
4: yeah uh casey chase and i as a matter of fact had a conversation today uh and we were talking about the technology and how we achieve it score chaser did um life scoring during the u.s open this year and the way that they achieve it is i think there were six so um they decided to do sort of a super squad version uh, at the U S open of the main. And what they did was they had a person from score chaser with, you know, a digital, I don't know, it was a phone or an iPad or whatever track. They had one person for each of the six squads. Basically they would send the scores of that station when that station was finished. So it wasn't a shot by shot. It was, you know, station six, here's an updated scores. Gotcha. And so what we're talking about is a full blown scoreboard with all of the of all the scores so that we can occasionally go to where everybody is. And they're going to be theoretically up to 80 people, men and women shooting. So we see the whole running. But when we get into real time, we're going to have a leaderboard. We're talking about splitting the screen the leaderboard of the men and the leaderboard of the women half and half on the screen and seeing where they are in, in real time. Uh, and that would all be provided by score chaser. And we're going to figure out how they're going to, they're going to follow squads or they're going to stay per station or whatever it is, but you know, uh, they're, they've made a commitment to do it. And we we'll, you know, we have a year to figure out how to get it done. Getting it screen will be easy. It's uh it's like, it's really their technology that we got to figure out so we can get it done. Right.
3: Well, you know, Justin, you and I, I think we even brought it up a couple of times on the broadcast that, man, we'd killed another scores right now. And I think that'll just add to the drama. You know what I mean? I mean, it it worked out. I think everybody has to admit the plan worked perfectly. It really did come down to the last station. You know, that, that intensity built throughout the the last day there on the green course. And it, it came down to the last station, but how cool would it have been? You know, if Justin and I had the scores up there and it was like, man, this is really going to come down to 10 and, you know, everybody at home's on the edge of their seat. I think that'd be awesome if we can, you know, figure out a way to make it happen.
4: Well, we'll definitely do that. And for the live audience, the people that are actually there, they're talking about having um, those signs like they do in golf, a leaderboard Oh, signs that people are walking around for the live audience, which we should talk about like that a little bit about what, you know, how we're going to manage that next year. But, uh, But yeah, what was interesting, what we sort of knew, you know, and we just didn't want to, because we didn't know at all. But like when Brandon Powell dropped that bird on nine, he knew what was going on right there, you know, and as like he knew, like he had just like it might have slipped away at that point, you know, and what I don't know of what we knew, Justin. Did you know at that point when you grabbed Zach that he had to clear it or that he was, you know, did you know he had to clear that station when you went and grabbed him and pulled him over?
2: Yeah, I had people walking in front of me and telling me what had just happened while we were talking. And I could, you know, I saw Brandon drop that target and I knew in order for Zach to win, he had to run the station, station 10. So he could have missed one and tied, but I knew he had to run it. And I wanted to say something, but I, you know, I didn't know. That was
4: very Pretty kind easy. of you not to, yeah. You know, it was, uh, I, I listened to that podcast. You had them on today, and that really was a rock star move on his part to come down, pull his gun over and go, yeah. <laughs> let, let me just, let me yeah. just hang out, chat with you for a while. Then. Let me go clear the station. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was great. It was great TV too. It was so awesome. I was so proud of him for doing it. <laughs> yeah.
3: He even put that, even put a picture of that on Instagram. It was a picture of the three of us sitting there at the table and it's like, One more to go. Yeah, I got time for an interview or something like that. It was really, really cool.
4: That was really, really, really special. I would have never asked anybody to do that, but because you guys are pretty tight, it was, it was great. It was great. I don't think you would
2: have done it for anybody else. Just so good on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I told him, I said, I'm going to pull you over. He says, I don't mind if you, if you, you know, I, it's like I said on the show, if I'd have pulled you over and you'd have lost, it'd have been my fault. Oh, you got in his head and. Yep. Yeah, I'm just glad he. Uh, you know, if it was before <laughs> station, station Eight, I probably wouldn't have said anything to it. Right, right, right. But, right. Yep. You know, but it worked out good, and you know, made him look like he's a a real gangster that he's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. I think I've cleared all the questions that we came in from our listeners uh, that they were asking. I want to go around the horn to everybody and give everybody a chance to. Uh, I mean, overall, I enjoyed all the coverage. I think most of the listeners at home did. But I'm sure at this point you guys have heard plenty of feedback from friends and family and watchers of the of the Super Squad. Um, I just want to get opinions from you guys. What have you heard? Uh, anything else that you plan to do differently next year? And uh, and then we can you know let you guys go at it if you want to bring up some other topics or whatever from here forward. So let's start with uh, let's start with Chris. Chris, what have you heard? What's your feedback and if you had to do something different next year, what are some of the highlights that you would do differently next year?
1: Yeah, I think kind of going circling back to what Mark was going to bring up earlier, the, you know, the, the management of all the people that actually came down to watch the event was a uh, little intense. You know, I've never seen that many people on a course before, which was super cool. And it's exactly what the sport needs. You know, I think that even brought the energy up for the shooters and the excitement, having all those eyes on you. But, you know, for me, I'm trying to get to the next station to get to the guys. And you have people walking in the middle of the road, just like clueless. And you're like in your golf cart, like they're already starting to shoot, like I need to get down there. Um, And that happened almost every station. It was just, you know, the shooters were having a hard time getting the next station um, because of that. And, you know, so I, I think one of the big things for next year, too, is kind of managing the live crowd and you know, maybe having it sectioned off and making sure the road's clear and having ways for us to get in and out easily. Um, and that's something we've never experienced before and I've never seen on a course. So I think it was a good learning experience, but, but um, yeah, that was, that was a challenge for sure.
0: Gotcha. All right, Justin, how about you? I'm going to save Mark for last. Cause I know he's going to have a ton of stuff to mention, but, uh, overall, what'd you hear? What was your feedback? What was your thoughts and what would you do differently next year if you had
2: to? Uh, well, the differently, I think the only thing that we, we really need to do now that we've got it out of the way, you know, as long as we've got great internet signal, I think that we can make a lot of stuff happen. And I hope that we can figure out how to get that done next year. As far as the the way it went, I was completely happy with it. Uh, especially being everyone's first time. If you would have seen the trailer that Mark had out there with the camera guys, I mean, they had six or eight Mac computers in there, switchers and, just the generators running and people running in and out of the trailer. It was the guys really worked hard to do and to produce what, what you saw. Uh, The thing that bothers me is when you do something like this and you try to do it for the sport (laughs) and the good of the sport, you always have somebody that wants to complain about something, right? They want to complain about, why do I have to shoot on this or why can't I do this? And my schedule doesn't work out with your super squad. And well, the only thing that I'm going to say is this is what the sport needs in order to grow the sport, to grow the sponsorship and to grow the excitement. And if a handful of people don't like it, then just don't go, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to uh, sit back and do nothing and complain about something when you ought to be going and supporting the sport and making nothing into something, right? Yeah. I completely agree, Justin. If people have an issue with anything that goes on, I mean, I thought it was a great idea. You had one of the best shooters. You have one of the best shooters in the whole world that helped head this up. Okay. If he can do it, This other, these other people can do it too. I promise you, he's not, they're not any better than he is. So why not everybody get together? Everybody put their heads together, figure out how to make it better. And let's go for it. Right. You know,
0: that's well said, Justin. Well said, Jason, what about you, buddy? I completely
3: agree with Justin. And you know, I mean, look, (laughs) Rome wasn't built in a day and nothing was ever done. Perfect. The first time, you know, I mean, I said this in the beginning. I think this is a step in the right direction, and that was my first thought when Mark asked me to do this. This is awesome. Of course, there's going to be growing pains. Of course, there's going to be things you do different. But the people – I well, Justin, I know you have too. We've had – I can't even guess how many of the top-level shooters came up and shook our hand. Man, thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you for doing this. You've got a handful of people they didn't say anything to us directly, but they're all over the internet and Facebook and everything else. And they're complaining and whatever. You're not going to please everybody. You know, I, I told Justin and I hope you don't mind Justin, but I told him in a private conversation, like, you know, you give somebody a gold brick, they're going to bitch about the weight. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's just the way it is. You're, you're yep. not going to please everybody. Yep. So I think the main thing here is to focus. I think uh, focus on the majority and keep making it better. And, you know, sooner or later, people will just understand that if you're going to play the game, this is part of it. Yeah. I mean, what an honor to be on that super squad. And, and then to yeah. have somebody that's on the super squad complaining about it, it's like, really? I mean, do you know how many people would love to be in your shoes right now? Right. I mean, I, look, I've talked to people that, that didn't make the cut for the super squad and they're like, I want to be there. I want to be good enough to be there someday. And you guys probably know who I'm talking about. And he's like, yeah, me you know, me I, and you. well, now about that, but I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, somebody could hit Anthony in the head with a bowling ball and he'd be half blind and retarded and still out shoot me. So, <laughs> oh, lord. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, it's just, look, it, I'm serious about this. I think it's an honor to be on that super squad. And if you got somebody that's complaining about something ridiculous, I agree with Justin. Just don't be on it. No.
2: Don't go, don't Hi, go. Mark. simple as that, you know, have you thought about it? If me and Jason make that super squad next <laughs> year, I don't know what you going to
4: do. I'm going to have you guys host it while you're shooting it.
2: Well, we'll be mic'd up. There we'll, you Justin, go. Justin, we'll have the little
3: mics
0: on our shirt collars. Well, I'll be in the booth. And then you guys can be down on the field doing your own interviews about yourself. How about that? Does well, that work? You have, you have to shoot and do the play by play.
3: Okay. Well, if I'm doing <laughs> the play I mean, by to shoot, yeah. If I'm doing the play by play live, you better have the beat button in your hand, ready to go when I miss targets. Okay. That's just the way it goes. Huh? Jason's
2: Jason's gun will be in the trash can <laughs> yeah. or, or wrapped around a tree somewhere.
3: <laughs> Who's Kohler yeah. sticking out of the barrel over there. Some Rambos.
0: So. All right, Mark. So you're, I say the, the best for last here. All right. So I, I know you had your hands full. I know you were overwhelmed, nothing that you probably haven't dealt with before through all your experience, but give us your opinion. I mean, what have you heard? What would you focus on for next year? And, uh, just give us some closing thoughts as to how this all went.
4: Okay. Well, I do do this. I mean, this is what I do professionally. And so I'm used to it, you know, everybody else wasn't. So that's great. It was a, Learning experience for all of them. And uh, I think it'll be just 100 times better next year. Um, I want to be the contrarian against you guys on the complaining. I welcome it. Um, I don't take it personally. It doesn't bother me. If somebody's complaining and they're willing to put it out on social media, it means they're passionate about it. Right? It's the, It's their point of view. I'm all good with that. I take notes from what they say. I filter out the emotion and I take the notes and there were some valid notes in there. And there are already plans in place to address many of those things. Uh, what I would say is no, nobody has to shoot this. Nobody has to like, you know, every, everybody's an independent person in this. They don't have to do anything. It is an honor, but like, okay, if they don't want to shoot it fine, I think it is incumbent upon us the NSCA, which, you know, I'm one of the core guys working on this to incentivize shooters. I mean, one of the things I'm thinking about is you can have a choice to be on this, but I want to give you a reason that you want to be on it, not because the NSCA tells you to do it. And I think we have some, you know, I'm an economist at heart. I think we have some incentives that people will be irritated that they didn't get asked to be on it. And everybody that is will be on it. We're also going to probably tweak the criteria and make it a little bit harder to get in. We're going to combine the men and the women. There's going to be one rotation. So there will be a, there will be a total of 80 people. That is an A and B squad of four, actually there'll be 60 people because we're going to auction a slot again. We're going to do it. It raised a lot of money and 100% of that money went back to the shooters in the form of a purse and the other half went to the USA teams that travel, that usually they have to raise their own funds to do that. Yes, the NSEA part does part of it, but they also have to raise part of it. This loosened some of that requirement up, right? So uh, it was great. And I talked to several of those people. They said it was a life-changing experience. They were just bowled over by what they learned, what they observed, and the energy that was around them. And I guarantee you those prices will go up next year. And so it'll be combined men and women. It won't be men. I, we haven't time mean, listen, this is all we haven't even that we're going to meet in December, the core group that, that started this, and then we're going to bring it out to the advisory committee meeting in January, and then we'll know what we're doing, but I'm not saying women, women as part of it, I'm saying mixed squads, men and women on the same squad all over. So, uh, now you're going to see the best shooters all at once. All for us. It's a single broadcast instead of two. Uh, you know, it's a it's a whole different aspect. So that's one of the things that we're looking at, and we will take a lot of the notes that we heard on social media, and I welcome it. Like, I'd rather people do that than sit around the campfires at nationals and bitch about it. Bring it out. There's nothing we can do about it. We don't know it. Yeah, the way they do it and the emotion that they do it may not hit every people right, but I could care less about that part. I respect it. Don't don't get me wrong. But that, that doesn't affect me. I hear what they're saying and and those will be addressed. Plus also we're going to do a survey directly with them. And we're going to brief those squads two weeks before so that they absolutely knew everything that was going to happen. We sent to them in emails, but we know not everybody reads emails. They knew there were going to be cameras and all that, but you know, it's like, it was a surprise But I also think the people that never experienced that before, a lot of those people will be back again in next year's super squad. And now they'll know what they're up against. Um, So let's talk about next year. So that's sort of the, how we're going to manage the super squads. Let's talk about what the show might look like, what we're looking at. We talked about a field reporter that will add a whole new aspect to the game. Like hearing from people is really important, hearing their emotions, seeing where they are in real time. Mm -hmm. There couldn't be anything cooler. It's like when you go talk to the coach on the sideline, you know, or something like that, you get to feel what is going on with the shooters in that moment. And certainly we'll know the the tempo and pace in which to get in people's faces. It'll only be people who want to. We had GoPros on about five of the stands, six of the stands. We're going to have a GoPro on every stand. So you will be up and close with every all 10 stations. We're going to have a reverse camera. And listen, this is all on budget. This is my wish list. And i talked to the to the production uh, guys that I work with and I've talked to some people, but we haven't put a budget together. So this, well, people will say whatever they want, but they're going to go, wait, you said there was going to be a lot more cameras than a field reporter in there not there. Okay. Well, you know, we didn't get a budget, but this is the, this is the dream Um, of two more reverse. We had reverse cameras on station 10 and station four. We'll add two more out there, a drone, which you guys talked about for some real time stuff. That takes an operator to know the stores, uh, three fixed cameras on, on the host. We had only one. So it looked a little wonky, um, five camera operators. We had three. I want to expand that to five, four in the field and one, and one with the reporter. I want a bigger graphics package where we can have ticker tape going and lots of content and, uh, you know, bios and play by play of the shooters, real-time scores. I also want, for the sake of you guys, I want a better comms package so I can punch a button in and only talk to each one of you separately and not together, make that better for all of you. I want a larger crew. We did this with like a half dozen people and it should have had 10. So we'll probably split the difference and do eight. I want to put station 10. I worked with Neil. I haven't talked to Neil about this. One thing about the crowds. uh, So funny on, on Wednesday, I was meeting with Neil and I said, I said, Neil, we should really rope off 10. You know, we should really rope it off. And he goes, really? He goes, like, how many people? How many people do you think will be here? I go, I don't know. I think most people will be on their way home. Nobody's going to come here. I, I said, my bet is there won't be more than a dozen cards. <laughs> 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 and, and his bet was 20. And we both were wrong by a lot. And listen, when we combine men and women, that number's going to even get bigger. And we knew... It was an issue by day two because that crowd that we saw at the finals was following people on the other courses, red and orange. He told me it was a disaster because it gets really skinny at red and orange. He said people couldn't get through. At least with green, you could get around red like the day before it ran long because, you know, because there were so many people out there. Um, So we're going to look at that on how we do it. We're gonna really try to enforce everybody who is not a shooter that they park their buggies and they walk. Uh, and then what I want to do is I want to put Station Ten on a riser, two steps with wheelchair access for everybody. But it'll be on a riser, so when we have that final shot, the shooters will be standing above the crowd, so you can see it. And I also want to put the host on a much higher stand with a cover and a backdrop, so you guys can see other stations from a distance. So hear that? You hear that, uh, I, you hear that I
3: Justin? Hope- he said a cover. So we're gonna have like shade.
4: <laughs> yeah, we not only shade, guys. We got lucky that it didn't rain. We got yeah. we got to take that into consideration that there's rain. And then just you know one last thing. So uh, the NSCA is already in discussion. They know they need to get internet out there and a better phone out there. So they're working on on that right now. There's a shooter that is in that business to kind of set that up and. We're talking about permanently running fiber underground with real nodes that pop up so that we have a better distribution and we get a better signal we were struggling with that a lot so listen we learned a lot i don't know if we'll get all that done on the list but uh what i expect is no matter where we end up we'll end up better just because the team will know what we're up against and we can prep for that but i think production value will raise and we learned a lot i think you guys really hit your stride on the last night of the interviews And that paid off it was that was our best show ever uh and then that really paid off for the live event which is the hardest one you know it was like a lot of going on so uh you know i i think i think it's admirable across the board you know i think i think it was live is scary live is hard and live takes a lot of rehearsal and we had zero So uh, there were so many things that could have happened and came close to happening that didn't. And I love that the audience saw none of it. That's our job. The audience sees none of it. And the experience for them is like, wow, this sucked. They weren't good enough. I love when you get the complaints, you know, it's like, what did you expect ESPN? Like, no, it's (laughs) like, it's like a little bit better than iPhone. So I was really happy that like, so like most people got what we were doing and those that didn't have higher expectations that we can meet, I hope to win over all those people that go, it could have been better because it, it, it will be. So what I would say is stay tuned. What I would also say is our numbers grew as we went along. I would say... Tell everybody about this. I think I think there there could be a great improvement on getting the word out. A lot of people tried to find it, they couldn't even find it. And I think a better job could be done on that. That wasn't in our purview. I may want to take over some of that as well and get it, get it out there a little bit better. We we need to do a better job at reaching the our audience so that our audience can pass it on to people who know nothing about this sport. And then we can open the eyes to a lot of people. And then the last piece I'll say is, you know, the piece that Chris has built that he's about to deliver looks beautiful. And I know the NSCA's intention is to go to non-shooting potential, uh, advertisers, which would be great. Certainly, uh, advertisers within the community, but they are looking to try to find a breakthrough into, you know, potential advertisers that are adjacent to what we're doing and and looking for interest. We can do that. I think their intention is to put that money back into the program and uh, you know, maybe you guys can get a free golf cart or something. We'll see.
2: (laughs) Can I ask a question, Mark? Yes, sir. Is this something that other clubs need to look into as far as internet capabilities uh, moving forward? Do you think?
4: So you know, you talked about this being at every location, you know, at all the regionals and all that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe one day. I have to tell you, you know, it's like that's one of the reasons, like, like score chaser wanted to do scoring and on the internet. Well, some clubs don't have the internet that far out. That's the big issue out there. There's other ways around it because we weren't on the internet. We were on cellular, right? Cellular. We were on dial-up, right? And that's how we got on the internet. So it's not internet. It's an internet connectivity through a cellular service. So it's complex. If you don't know what you're doing, my recommendation is Facebook live on one camera, but you won't get this production. My, my view on this would be let's do nationals again next year. Then the following year, guess what? Uh, Up at games unlimited, the world fee task is being hosted. What about broadcasting to the world, the world us. shoot really amazing. Now we're going to the world that year. Also I would do the us open. So three broadcast in 2024, right. And see how it goes and then talk, like take our learnings and publish that out to uh, club owners to show them how they do a simple version, a bigger version and all that, but it's, it's like, I've been doing this for 35 years it's it's if you want it to look like what we did and what it's going to look like that it's a big investment and take some time but i think everybody should just be doing facebook live you know when we do that with american field sporting and we put that up immediately people jump on it i don't think there's any reason my club shouldn't be doing that
3: you know it's it's very exciting mark because you're looking at it from a budget standpoint and everything else but what you're talking about doing is absolutely huge potentials for this sport to gain sponsorship, increase purse money, increase participation right on down the line. I mean all of it. I mean this this is huge. I mean, this is great opportunity.
4: Yeah, well' you know, we'll see. I think I think nationals is the place to do it because some clubs it, it's an investment, so I'm not going to spend my money broadcasting this when I needed to keep my club open, you know? So right. uh, like, like one step at a time. Yeah. And let's let's see with all the investment that we can do at this level, if it can pull in sponsorship, if it can pull in shooters, and if it does, then it becomes the model that people will adopt. Clubs will pick this up if they see that it's gonna increase their revenues one way or another. So, uh, you know, that's what the NSC is here for, <laughs> to experiment because they have those dollars. Uh, and my, in, my commitment, there is a lot of money in the marketing budget. My commitment is to spend every penny in lots of different ways, not just in these broadcasts, but lots of different ways to one help clubs to improve the experience for shooters and three to bring in, uh, new people into the sport.
3: Gotcha. Well, you know, I, I thank each one of you personally. I want to do it publicly. I mean, you know, Chris, you worked your butt off. I mean, I, I saw you running more than I saw you walking, um, and everything you've done behind the camera is amazing. Um, it was fun working with you. Justin, I had a blast working with you, man. I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. And I was to be honest with you, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect about this whole ordeal. I mean, I know you and I have always got along great and everything. And so it was fun working with you. And Mark, thank you. Uh I appreciate you including us on this. Uh, I appreciate all your hard work that you're doing. I think there's a much bigger picture here than just a video production. This is big for the sport, and I appreciate you including us on it.
0: Yeah, you definitely got to start somewhere. I mean, you know, this was the first year for it. I think it holds lots of promise. Um, I was excited as a viewer. Again, I was the guy outside looking in. I know you guys were all there, saw everything that was going on behind the scenes and so forth. But as a viewer in my own home, you know, 1,000 miles away, it looked great. It was exciting. And if you guys are going to make it bigger and better next year, I can't wait to see what happens.
2: Yeah. I enjoyed it and uh looking forward to the next next broadcast wherever it's gonna be.
4: And I hope, you know, one, I hope we get to do it again. Two, I hope it is bigger and better. And three, I hope everybody who's in on this conversation tonight is a part of it. You guys you listen, I, I'm in the background. It's you know, you got you guys are the face of it. People loved you, you did an amazing job, you learned a lot, you'll be a thousand times better next time chris is percolating ideas on how to tell the visual story in a much more amazing way uh and this was all of our first pass at it we'll work better as a team and you guys will show up uh to our audience even more amazing so i, I hope this partnership between all of us continues Cool.
0: Well, anybody else have any more closing thoughts? I think we've covered quite a bit here tonight. Uh, and again, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to get on with us and, and do this podcast. And, uh, I really appreciate all the hard work you guys put into this. Cause again, I really enjoyed it. So
4: this was, this was fun. I really appreciate us. Uh, you bringing us together. It was great to, to sort of, uh, look back when it was still fresh in our minds. It was awesome. Right.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it.
3: All right. Well, uh- Next year we're getting free dinner, Justin, at least. I'm in I'm in on I'm in on Mark's ticket, not on
4: you know. Both of your agents have already talked to me and I have blue M and M's and cocktails that I have to deliver for you every night. So
3: our <laughs> agents, right our yeah, agents so called our- my my wife got your number on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Justin is not showing up unless there's blue evidence. Okay. Okay. What, whatever Mr. Barker wants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but,
0: All right, guys. Well, again, thank you guys so much for doing this. We had a great time. Um, I think we're going to have a great show. We'll get this released. Hopefully this will answer a lot of the questions that uh, our listeners wrote into it. And uh, just can't wait for the bigger and better stuff happening next year. Well, Jason, that was uh, a lot of information. Yes, it was. But it was good having everybody on because, like I said, for me – the reason I wanted to do the interviews was the fact that I was the outsider looking in through this whole process. You guys were there in the trenches. I mean, we know that was what was going on, but it was really cool to talk to Mark and Justin and Chris, get everybody's opinions and their feedback and what they had to deal with. Uh, hopefully that tells the story better. There's a lot of people that figure, Oh, well you should have done this. You should have done that. Well, to hear Mark tell it, I mean, it's a, it's probably a a small miracle that it happened at all.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially on a shoestring budget. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I mean, I think it's exciting. I think I think the ramifications of this are much greater than what people are seeing. Uh, I think It's so. not just putting the top guys together on one squad. It's not just, okay, yeah, they filmed a lot. No, this is huge, huge, huge opportunities for the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Outside sponsorships, increased purses, you know. Yeah, increased experience for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's just basically increased exposure.
3: <laughs> yeah, and one of the things we did, when I, mean, I know they talked about all the golf carts and buggies piled up down there. I'm telling you right now, I mean. Just as a rough guesstimate, there had to have been 250 to 300 people there at least around Station 10. I mean, I've never seen a crowd like that at any shooting event. And I that was really cool to see because it kind of reminds you of the 18th hole, you mm-hmm. know, in golf. You see all these people. Cra- That's what it reminded you of. And the cheering and stuff that was going on when Zach finished up. I mean, it was, it was something to be there and experience that. It really was. And hopefully... You know, we were the people that weren't able to be there. They were able to capture some of that so they could see it. So definitely. But, um, moving forward, uh, again, next show will probably not be the path. Maybe the show after path part two. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you haven't listened to that, you need to go listen to path part one or you, the part two won't make any sense to you. Right. So, um, (laughs) fun little tip I learned, Sean. Okay. So. I use a Arm & Hammer <laughs> cordless toothbrush, okay? The top, it's the Spin Brush Pro or whatever the heck it's called. The top of it turns back and forth, and the bottom of it goes up and down. So I got to replace the thing, right? And I went to throw it away, and you know where I'm talking about in my house. When you come out of that one bathroom, I've got my gun rack, or I call it the gun rack there with all the cleaning supplies. And I went to throw it away, yeah. and I'm standing there with the toothbrush in my hand, and I went, ding, the light bulb went off. Did you know if you take your gun apart— and you spray QMAX Max on the, you know, the receiver and the mono block and all that stuff. And you let it sit for just a minute, and then you turn that toothbrush on, and you go over those areas. It just gets it spick and span. Oh, really? Yes. And here's the cool thing: it's soft bristles, right? So if you hit the bluing, it doesn't matter. If you hit, if you've got a nice finish on your receiver, it's not going to hurt it. Nice. So because you know how it is with the brass brush when you're cleaning, you're real careful not to hit the finish on the outside that little electric toothbrush just and it looks like brand new huh i'll have to try it's that. awesome yeah so don't don't throw away your old cordless
0: toothbrush yeah and, and definitely don't get your toothbrush mixed up because it'll always be brushing <laughs> q max across your teeth in the morning
3: <laughs> it might be new your new pearly whites oh there
0: you
3: go there you go but no it, it works it works really good so that, that's cool yeah uh, everybody's probably listening this thinking jeez what an idiot but it works <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that so you know sean All this super squad talk and how big it is for the sport. This is what, I mean, take someone new shooting. Yeah. We talk about it every week and and look at what, look at the possibilities of our sport growing. Right. So take someone out.
0: And for those of our listeners out there that haven't been able to travel around and and be able to be at some of the big blasts or the regionals or the, the nationals, um, get on the YouTube videos and watch that stuff because that's what it's like. That's what it's like to be there in the thick of things. And it, it is exciting. It is, is it is a neat thing to participate in. And uh, you know, hopefully these guys will put something on their bucket list to maybe make it down to the nationals at some point.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Sean, let's get out of here. This has been a long, long episode. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot more cool stuff coming up before the end of the year. So let's, uh, let's everybody
0: get back to their driving or whatever it is that they're doing. So, Yeah, absolutely. As we always say, take somebody shooting, take them out to a tournament, introduce them to the sport, and definitely visit the YouTube page for the National Shooting uh, NSCA uh, YouTube page to watch some of the videos from the Super Squad from the Nationals this year. Uh, and hopefully it'll be bigger and better next year. And until next week. Can't wait to see you all back here on the Dead Pair Podcast. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast.
1: The Dead Pair. The Dead Pair Podcast is energized by KL Ammo Game Boy US. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors Bear Pelt, Negrini, Rhino, Auto Pro, Don Grant, Atlas Trap Company, RE Ranger, Woolly Shooting, Folded Wing Apparel Company, and White Flyer Targets.